Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a new tech that will turn buildings into chameleons, a mathematical mystery lurking in our cells, and how to spot gravitational waves. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. As the climate changes and global temperatures begin to soar, millions of new air conditioning systems are set to come online. Now, we've talked about this before. The energy that air conditioning needs to operate is pumping like tons of CO2 into the atmosphere, which causes more global warming, which increases the need for air conditioning. It's a vicious cycle. Exactly right. And yeah, we talk about this fairly regularly on the show because, well, it's kind of a big deal. By some estimates, nearly 25% of the energy produced globally is used to heat and cool homes and other buildings. So there's a race to build zero-carbon heating and cooling systems that's actually producing some pretty cool tech. But what if there's a way to reduce the need for heating and cooling systems? And what if that solution came from a little African desert creature? Okay, you've got me curious. Well, I was hoping you'd say that. So the researchers were inspired by this little guy called the Namakwa Chameleon. They're cute, but they're also kind of high-tech in their own way. I mean, they are. Chameleons are pretty incredible. As soon as a threat appears, they just sort of, boop, they just disappear. It's really cool to watch. Totally. But here's the thing. The Namakwa doesn't just change colors to avoid becoming a tasty snack for some brutish predator. They change colors when the temperature changes. When it's hot out, the chameleon turns light gray to reflect the sunlight and avoid overheating. Okay, and I know some buildings are being painted with lighter colors to reflect the heat of the sun and reduce their need for AC, right? Absolutely. But there's a problem. What happens when it gets cold? Okay, yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> so as soon as the temperatures start to dip, the Namakwa turns darker brown, which absorbs heat. And all of this color changing allows it to passively control its temperature without expending energy. So are we going to have to start painting our buildings white in the summer and then dark in the winter? Because that sounds like a lot of work. Nope. Researchers have developed a coating that can change colors, just like the Namakwa chameleon. When thermometers pop their tops, the coating turns to a reflective light color. And when it cools down, it turns darker to help absorb atmospheric heat. Oh, okay. So it's like those hypercolor shirts from the 90s. <laughs> totally, except this could help save the planet. <laughs> Not trying to say anything bad about the hypercolor shirts. They were very cool. Were they? Yeah. <laughs> In tests, the coating outperformed conventional options, like the white paint that you mentioned, but also other things engineers have tried, like radiative cooling paints and colored steel tiles. All of those things either help make your building cool or they help it maintain its heat, but almost nothing does both. So this could be a real game changer. It could be, but it also sounds really expensive. Actually, the researchers say it's relatively low cost. And in tests, the coating began to change from a dark gray to light gray at about 68 degrees. And at 86 degrees, they found it was able to reflect up to 93% of the solar radiation that was hitting it. 
In other words... It could pay for itself by cutting your energy bill because you wouldn't need as much AC. Bingo. You wouldn't need as much AC in the summer or as much heating in the winter. So this really is a tech for places with seasons. It is, which is a considerable chunk of the planet. It's cheap and easy to manufacture and could keep millions of tons of CO2 from hitting the atmosphere. All thanks to the Namako Chameleon. A new study has found that adult males are made up of around 36 trillion cells. Females are a complicated puzzle made up of around 28 trillion cells, and 10-year-old kids have around 17 trillion cells. That's crazy. That we have that many cells? No, scientists were able to count them all. (laughs) Okay, well, it gets even crazier than that. It turns out the composition of all the different shapes and sizes of our cells match a mysterious mathematical pattern that exists just about everywhere you look. Okay, I'm not totally sure I understand what you're saying. I'm imagining a cell-counting scientist with a corkboard covered in pushpins connected by a massive web of strings, (laughs) sort of beautiful mind style. Like what's going on here? So you're not off base there. Let's uh, let's talk about this study first of all. So researchers have wanted to figure out not only how many cells are in the human body, but how many of each different kind of cells there are. Having that data can not only help more accurately describe human biology, it can also help us understand health and look for abnormalities. Right. Like uh, cancer is basically an explosion of irregular cells. Obviously, that's an oversimplification. But if you have a baseline for what's regular, it's probably easier to spot the irregular. Exactly. But it's not so easy, it turns out. There are all kinds of studies that weigh different organs, but not many that look at the mass of each different type of cell. Okay, hang on. It seems like it would be obvious that different cells are different in shape and size, but how different can cells be from each other? Okay, actually massively different. So they say that the difference between a small cell, like a red blood cell, and a large cell, like those that make up muscles, is like comparing a shrew to a blue whale. Wow, okay, I... I didn't realize cells could vary so widely. And that's where the math mystery comes in. So after analyzing the findings of over 1,500 sources, the researchers put a number to the amount of cells, on average, in humans. But they also found that we have lots and lots of the small cells and fewer of the large cells. But here's the twist. Small cells and large cells account for about the same amount of mass of the human body. Hmm. All right, let me see if I have this right. You have one bowl full of hundreds of raisins and one bowl with two grapefruits in it, but they basically have the same mass? That That is a great analogy, actually. Uh, yeah. So that's where this math mystery comes in. Scientists have found the same relationship all over the place. One study looked at a different sized plankton and found that the smaller plankton were more numerous than the larger plankton, but they made up roughly the same mass of total plankton in the ocean. Weird. Oh, no, you think that's weird? It applies to all life in the sea, from bacteria to whales. Way more tiny fish than whales, but combined, they have about the same mass. My mind is blown. (laughs) Yeah, so in this case, it's known as the Sheldon spectrum after a marine ecologist named Raymond Sheldon. But there's another function called Zipf's law, named after the linguist George Zipf. Why would it be named after a linguist? Because in just about any book, you'll find the small words, words like the, if, but, that seem to dominate, and the longer words make up the rest. Okay, but how do you measure the mass of words? Um, Ziff's Law just demonstrates that small things are generally more numerous than large things. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so why does this happen? Like, what's the secret behind this weird math? Okay, okay, okay. So, they don't know... <sighs> Don't know. (laughs) So, yeah, they don't. It's still a puzzle. But they think it's possible, maybe even likely, that there is some deep unknown mechanism that links all of these things. You know what? That sounds like a job for a corkboard, some thumbtacks, and a bunch of string. I mean, it could probably use some highly dramatic orchestral music, too. Mm. 
Totally. It's going to be great. Once thought to exist only in the imaginations of physicists, gravitational waves are finally being detected, and that opens a huge new window into our universe. But it also jump-started a race to figure out how to detect even more of them. Okay, so I want to hear about this race to detect gravitational waves, but what exactly are gravitational waves? Simply put, they are ripples in the fabric of space-time. That is sort of helpful. <laughs> kind of needs to be more simply put, huh? Uh-huh. All right, so to be honest, I had read up on this a lot, and I'm still having just a little trouble getting my head around it. The simplest way to imagine a gravitational wave is to think about what happens when you toss a pebble into a pond. Uh, the water ripples outward, right? Exactly. But instead of water, it's the fabric that makes up space-time that's rippling outward. And instead of a pebble hitting the surface of a pond, it's a massive black hole smashing into another black hole. <laughs> okay, that is a big ripple. Yeah, you can say that again. These gravitational waves spread out across the universe at the speed of light. And just like the ripple on a pond will make a toy boat bob up and down, a gravitational wave stretches and squeezes the space they pass through. That's how we've been able to detect them, actually. Okay, and I did hear something about this. They were detected at LIGO, right? Yes, that's the Advanced Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory. It's basically a pair of four-kilometer-long laser beams that get disrupted when a gravitational wave passes through. And it's a groundbreaking technology that's allowed us to explore the universe without telescopes. Yeah, it's kind of like we're listening instead. Totally. So the first gravitational wave they detected came through less than a decade ago. And from the data they collected at LIGO, they learned that this wave was caused when two black holes collided more than 750 million light years from Earth. They also figured out that one of the black holes was about 36 times as massive as our sun, and the other one was about 29 times as massive. And they got all of that from laser beams? Yep, and that's why they're looking for new ways to listen in for gravitational waves. Okay, so what are some of the ways they're dreaming up? Well, this is some cool stuff. So the first new method comes from the European Space Agency, and it's called LISA. Think of it as the same kind of thing as LIGO, except instead of being on Earth, it's in space. And instead of a laser beam that's about four kilometers long, it's a triangle made of lasers, and each side is two and a half million kilometers long. <laughs> okay. Why are they making it so long? Well, the longer the laser, the longer the gravitational wave it can detect. And the longer the gravitational wave, the more massive the impact that caused it. LISA could detect collisions between objects millions of times the mass of our sun. And being in space will avoid the kind of vibrations that interfere with experiments on Earth. Another project called LILA will avoid those Earth vibes by building their lasers on the moon. Awesome. All right, so are these projects already underway? They are in the works, but they won't come online for several years. There are other ideas, too. Everything from ditching laser beams and instead looking at the quantum interference of atom clouds to detect distant changes from the waves to looking for gravitational waves from the beginning of time. You, you mean like going back in time? Kinda. Early collisions after the Big Bang would have been massive, so it would be pretty cool to find them. But the bigger point is that while our telescopes are getting bigger and bigger and peering into the deepest, darkest parts of our universe, new ways of detecting these gravitational waves could end up telling us more than we ever thought possible about exotic objects like black holes. That's crazy. This is like science fiction. It's like science reality. <laughs> Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Mimicking a color-changing desert lizard, researchers have developed a smart coating that automatically regulates building temperatures year-round. 
providing free heating and cooling that could substantially cut energy usage. This innovative bio-inspired material changes colors with the seasons, keeping buildings warm when it's chilly out and cool during hot weather, all without lifting a finger. For the first time, scientists estimated the total cell count in the human body, around 36 trillion for men and 28 trillion for women. The cells follow a mathematical pattern seen elsewhere in nature. Smaller cells like blood are more numerous, larger cells like muscle are rarer. But grouped by size, each group contributes equal mass to the body overall. The same pattern exists in all marine life and even when comparing the size of words in books. Scientists are developing new techniques to detect gravitational waves across a spectrum of wavelengths, from ripples stretching across light years to microscopic jitters, which will provide new insights into exotic celestial objects like black holes and the early universe. These efforts include space-based laser interferometers, lunar surface observatories, atom cloud quantum detectors, and analysis of cosmic microwave background radiation. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.